Summer is finally mercifully here, Manitoba. If you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season, check out our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at Divine Shirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. Huge thanks to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon, including our newest patron, Bit 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 Band. You can help out for as little as $1 a month if you like the show and want to throw some change in the guitar case. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm back with a guest who has been on the show a number of times before. I was trying to think right before we recorded this. Like, it's been probably four or five now, right? Over the years, over like this really long extended period of, of time. I think so, yeah. Like, it's almost an annual, if not uh, semi-annual kind of experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember when the first one is. I think it was in a basement. It was, and I think it was like 2014 or something, and the show was very, very yeah. different then. But I'm always happy to have you on the show. Like, as soon as you asked me uh, if you could come on again and talk about some new stuff, uh, it was an immediate yes. Like, there's there's a lot of people I've talked to sort of over the years of doing this that are kind of welcome back anytime, and you're one of them for sure. I mean, um, uh, oh, always happy to have you on. So I think the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background for people who haven't been listening since 2014 and <laughs> haven't heard all the past episodes. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm Greg Rikus. I'm a local Winnipeg artist, and I'm about to embark on a gigantic tour with an amazing artist from Dayton, Ohio, named Paige Beller. Cool, and and I think that like for people who know you, the idea of embarking on a gigantic tour is nothing nothing new. That's sort of your um your identity as an artist as someone who just nonstop tours and plays shows and posters and like you definitely sort of. Uh, personify the whole the hustle uh, of touring and of being like a constantly on the go artist right yeah like even when i was first starting i was kind of known for the guy who postered too much like yeah every show i did where you know you do maybe 50 posters for this local show i did like 500 to a thousand posters like no pole was was left bare yeah and that's just kind of like translated through when i was in high five drive we we toured a whole bunch. We were always pushing forward and kind of trying to do stuff. And uh, I brought that into the solo um, when I started the solo thing in 2011. Okay. And I kind of made touring the cornerstone of that. It was hard for all four of us to be able to coordinate schedules to be on the road a lot. But when it's only one person, I mean, I just, hey, I'm going to do this tour and I, I go do it. Yeah. Well, and it seems like it, it almost seemed for a while there that like uh, it wasn't uh, it was like a Christmas annual winter winter in Winnipeg thing to see you postering in minus 40. If you don't see Greg postering in minus 40, just walking by or driving by or whatever, it's like not officially a Winnipeg winter yet. So I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're still doing it. I, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous because of course you are. I mean, this is this is what you do. But I think that you've been through a lot of stuff that, you know, would have stopped other people. I think a lot of people would have given up and, and, and just said, you know what, it's not this isn't going to work out for me, but you 
keep making it work. Like you keep plugging away and 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 finding ways to to succeed and, and make this your gig. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I've the the states was something I always wanted to do. I, I love the music scene down there. And uh, as as I started touring there, I made more and more friends to the point where like, man, like this this is the place to be. And not that I don't like Canada or, or Europe or anywhere else. But that was kind of the, when I first started the solo thing, that was the cornerstone of it is like, I'm going to conquer the United States of America. And it's finally gotten to a point where I can tour down there. And I mean, I'm definitely not lining my pockets, but, you know, breaking even or if, if not a little bit more. Yeah. And the shows have always been really, really good too, especially the West Coast has been really good to me. I've, I've made a bunch of friends on that that side. And Midwest, Midwest also... I was just out with Tim Holhouse from the UK and we just crushed it. Like every show was like, I can't believe this is our tour kind of shows. And I, I think I'm, I'm COVID probably had something to do about it being yes. freshly off COVID, you know, people had money in the pockets and shows could happen again too, right? A little that, bit looser. You can't, that, that's such a big thing is that you can actually just go out and see a show after, after years of being sort of locked down and just watching live streams all day. Exactly. And, and people were just excited about it. So I think, the the bigger attendance than normal had a little bit to do about that at the same time it's been 10 years of touring down there you know three times a year yeah so i think you you just kind of you start to make good friends you start to meet other people that are kind of doing the same thing you're doing and you all just kind of get on the same team uh, but that doesn't mean that the uh, tour i did in the spring in europe wasn't also amazing uh tim kind of showed me the ropes over there. And there's some places I do I do better than him, not many. Yeah. Most of the places it was Tim's tour and and it was fabulous. And I, I can't thank the guy enough for bringing me on that tour. And uh, Germany is a perfect example where everyone talks about how good Germany is. And I've always kind of just, it's always just kind of sucked for me, like, <laughs> like smaller shows, nobody cares, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this one I did with Tim, like I finally, I think I met a bunch of the right people. Cool. And I'm hoping to go back in the springtime, and hopefully they uh, they they remember me, and I and I can play all those places again. But yeah, we'll see. What do you think? I mean, somewhere like the states, right? Which obviously, like you said before, it was kind of a goal at one point to to get down there and and conquer conquer the U.S. What do you think it is about what you do that that, that works? I mean, like you said, the West Coast is particularly uh, successful for you, and some of these countries in Europe and things like that. I mean, you know, obviously writing good songs helps, but what do you think it is about your sound that that sort of appeals to people in certain areas and maybe is not as 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 popular in others? I, I think the folk punk thing has definitely been like ups and downs over the years. I think I kind of caught the end of the wave of, of the whole Planet X and kind of went against me was doing a lot more acoustic stuff. Okay. And kind of as that was moving on to be something else, that's kind of when I got in. And, you know, always being the guy late to the party. <laughs> um, uh, also being like the guy with the stomp box. I still have yet to really see anyone do something like that. So I think right away you kind of get extra attention or you're like, Oh yeah, that guy, like yeah. one of, one of those kind of gimmicks that, uh, that is, it makes my show a lot more fun than just standing there. And at the same time makes me that much more memorable. Uh, but with the States, the, when I first started touring, there's the first time I really experienced that. Like you play a show, there's like a hundred bucks and every single band or artist or whatever is like, give it to the touring artist, awesome. give it all to them. Like if we divided it evenly, it'd be like 20, 30 bucks each. 
we don't need that. Just give it to the touring artists. That's awesome. Yeah. And really that like solidarity, we're kind of like, everyone is in this together. We're a scene. And again, I'm not saying that doesn't exist other places, but that was the first time I think I really experienced that was, was kind of touring down, down there, at least for the, the, the folk punk scene. Yeah. And, and the also like, I don't know, the people there, like they're, you know, I, I, I say what you will about the U.S. government. I can't say I'm a fan, uh, but the people down there in the scene is is fabulous. And yeah. it's huge. Like, man, you, you drive for three hours and you're in like a whole nother city. And it's like Seattle. Once you start hitting Seattle across that border and even before you're anywhere near it, you're already kind of in Seattle. It's just called something else. But. Right, right. It's just that you're creeping up to it, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's another point, too. Just the fact that there's so many more people there, you know, like the, the those areas, it's greater Seattle areas, like, what, three million people or something like that. I might even be lowballing that. And it's, it's kind of like the Toronto area. Everyone's familiar with that. That's the whole states is that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive for a little bit and there's a whole other city with a whole other scene. Compared to Winnipeg, where it's, right. it's this kind of big center and then nothing for, for hours, right? Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I've had such a good time in, in Western Canada. I feel bad, you know, saying that, like, they've treated me so good there. I've always felt, you know, I walked away with like nothing but the best, but it's just a different. So something about the States, when I first started hearing it, it just seemed like this is a place I want to be. And I want to meet more of these really neat people. And I mean, so many of our favorite bands are from, from sure, there. Right. Sure. And labels you know, and, and, again, and, and I, scenes I, that you've always heard about and wanted to be part of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm not going down there to fist bump Joe Biden. I'm going to play <laughs> for all the right people down there. Right, right.
I do want to talk about your your upcoming tour and, and some of these new things, but I, I just talking about how you tour with like like you said with the Stompbox. I mean, it does definitely makes you kind of uh, visually anyway and and sonically, I guess. But visually, it's the guy with this kind of contraption you've got on stage, and and it sticks in people's minds and things like that. But then if you listen to your kind of most recent records. Um, you're doing the full band thing. There's so much more kind of um, texture to the songs rather than just you know guitar, stomp box, and vocals. H- how is the what is the process of sort of translating that back to a solo thing to do it at the show? Because you don't have the sax there, you don't have the the drums, you don't have the extra instruments that kind of flesh out the sound more. So I'm sure you write them. I'm assuming anyway, you know, just yourself with the acoustic guitar, but then you're kind of moving them into band mode and then back to solo mode. Is there? Is that a difficult process to kind of? It, it is, and and it's actually left me where there's a few songs now on the new record that unless like if the audience really wants it, I'll give the people what they want. <laughs> but it's hard to pull off just by myself, and I've ado- adopted a kazoo rig that I set up with a little mic and a kazoo nice. to fill in the solos because I I mean I. I can't really play the harmonica anyways. <laughs> and there's not so many instruments you can play with only your mouth, right? When you're Yeah. yeah. When you're guitar, stopping and I, playing guitar, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also I know the kazoo I feel kind of fits me. I've kind of had the kazoo in in and out of the act for years, but it's really now kind of become a staple just because there are so many solos and, and other instrumentation on the new record that I don't want to just kind of leave out that's gotta be filled in. Um, but the process is still the same. A lot of it is is just me in my jam space, just kind of making shit up, like starting yeah. with, oh, I, I kind of have a vocal melody in my head. You know, I'm just going to let's see if w- some words come to it. And, and a lot of it is refining those lyrics and words and trying to make it the best it can be. But a lot of the time, like 90% of the song is like one idea and it's just like, there it is. And I find if I have to work on it a little bit longer, it usually doesn't work out. It's usually not a keeper. Okay. If and you, like, if you have to force it, that. I guess, if you, then it's, you scrap it. Exactly. And I, not to say there's zero songs that I wrote, you know, took a month, but kind of 90% of the song is like, I, I will know right away if it's something I like or if it's something that's like a pass, it's just, it's not there. And then the lyrics are the part that take the longest for sure. me to write and rewrite and rewrite till I kind of get something that, that I think is is good. <laughs> um, and then I bring it to the band and, and we'll kind of run through it. Everybody kind of makes up their own parts. And then sometimes, like like you said, like it becomes a thing of like, damn, like that sax part kind of defines the song. Totally, totally. Without it, it's not, it's just not the same. And I mean, I have, having four records, I have enough of a repertoire. There's a bunch of fun covers I like to do. I have no problem filling the hour or two or whatever I got to play for the evening. But there are some parts where, like, if the audience isn't going to do those those backup parts, I can't really do it. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to seem lame and stuff. So, well, but I also I'm I'm proud to be a band on record, and I think it kind of that experience that you come to see me live that I give it just doesn't translate onto record. Yeah. So I felt I got to do something else to kind of give you like you saw me live. We all had fun. Take this home, and it'll be like as good in a different way. Well, it's cool too. If someone doesn't realize, maybe they, they see you live and they see the, the kind of stomp box, acoustic guitar, kazoo thing. And they don't realize that the, the record has like a full band and a saxophone and, and, and bass and drums and everything else on it. Like a, kind of a pleasant surprise. Like, oh shit, this is different. Like this is uh, yeah, this is this, this fuller sound that I didn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. Cause it's so hard like to do a live record is uh, like, it's, very few bands have done a live record where I'm like, no, 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 that's the one I want to listen to. Like, 
it's it's hard to kind of capture the energy yeah and i i also think like when i write a song like there's so much i want to do with it but when you're just one person up there you're like well it's only so much noise one person can make and a lot of my live show is the interaction with the audience and and just having a good time with everyone and then again though on record though like man it'd be cool if there was a whatever part here let's do it as opposed to holding back because i can't do it live yeah yeah and i know some people are, are really cool with that like they're really like no i live the show is the exact same as the record i reproduce everything and then like myself we're like it's like two totally different things almost yeah yeah, that's cool. Uh, just, you know, over the, you, you got the four solo records, you have all those records with High Five Drive, you've been in bands before that. Does the songwriting process, has it gotten any easier for you or more streamlined? Or, I mean, you must have written so many, I can't think, imagine how many songs you've written over the past two decades or so. Yeah, I've, I've lost count myself, but I guess maybe a little bit better of an idea when I'm starting a song when I'm just going to, like, forget this one like cut it loose kind of thing. Okay. I think way back, I used to keep a lot of stuff that was not very good, but just kind of like, I don't know. I wrote it. Let's, <laughs> let's make it good kind of thing. Um, but it's still the same. Like I, I swear some of the best stuff I've written, I've been in the spot, the space and within five or 10 minutes, it's like, it just got beamed into my head. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even know where this came from. Like this, this I'm reading the lyrics. So I'm just singing the melody and like, this is great. I love this. And it's, it's such an amazing feeling. And over the pandemic, um, cause this is secretly a pandemic episode. Every episode's a pandemic episode. <laughs> <laughs> For the next 10 years of yeah, our exactly, lives. Yeah. But over that, I wrote nothing. You know, I did, I did my far from regular uh, YouTube channel, which was kind of my creative outlet. worked a little bit, played way too many video games, drank way too much beer, but I didn't, I didn't write any songs. And I think a lot of it was that I just finished that album, uh, Death and Taxes, I was so proud of. Yeah. And and kind of it getting derailed, like it was just such a step back. Like I I just had no reason to write anything. All I just came up with all this great stuff that barely anyone heard. And it's I'm so hard to push on the internet. I'm just not internet savvy. Savvy, savvy, whatever the word is. And uh so so when it came to like um writing stuff now it feels so great like i got back from this tour i did in the springtime and i just launched into three or four songs yeah. and i'm kind of like we um we uh there was uh, some lineup changes in the band and we're kind of putting it back together oh, cool. uh laura the bass player moved to ottawa and uh, was a sore loss but um uh, a friend blue has now joined singing backup and playing bass and then eric the drummer uh, has gone on to other things. Okay. And uh, so my friend Shay is now playing drums. So we're kind of reforming that. So we're not really focusing on new material at this exact second, but the plan is to do a new record next year. Cool. Well, the rich and the poor don't say it the same way because the rich is holding on to what the poor will give away, but the poor ain't poor. Wasted life away I think it's time the rich is gonna pay So we all marched down to the center of the square We yelled and we sang to declare what we declared It wasn't very long till there were bullets in the air Cause the fight with the coppers never fared Until it breaks Turn 
feels good to just kind of be able to write something again because for a long time there it just felt like i had nothing to say and and i don't know if other any other artists listening to this can maybe sympathize when i say you do a good record and you're like that's it i'll never do anything yeah. ever again like i will I, there's no more good ideas that's all the good ideas well and especially when and you can't you can't really promote it the way you want to either because things have just shut down so it's kind of like these great ideas came out and they're finally here and then it's like oh the world is over <laughs> <laughs> it's like exactly, the usual exactly. process of getting this out to the people so they can hear it and, and get a response to it, right? It's just gone. It was such a such a low dip for me. I at bet, least. yeah. Well, so like we said, people. your touring schedule is, is is pretty hectic, just like year after year after year. So you had to have that like sudden stop to that too, which has got to be tough for someone like you. Yeah, it was the the longest I've been home since two thousand and two when I first started touring. Wow. But. But it again, it felt good to write some stuff this summer, and I'm I'm excited to write more. Yeah, and and for now, like this tour is coming up, and that's kind of the main focus. Get ready for that. Get ready for the show on the seventh of September. Well, and, and and yeah, like the it's if the future feels bright again. It was good. a dark period there, but it really feels like things things have turned around for the better. That's awesome. I'm glad glad to hear that for sure. Um, so this tour that's coming up, and starting with the Winnipeg show, who is the other artist that you're taking on tour with you? Or that you touring with? So the the first uh, two weeks are with Paige Beller. Okay. And Paige is from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, they were in a band called Jasper the Colossal. And they were kind of like a punk band, um, uh, bass, guitar, drums. And Paige was the lead singer okay. playing bass. And I pl played with them at this, this place called, I think, Jimmy's Ladder in Dayton. It's this cool rad venue. It's an old firehouse. Oh, cool. And they've turned it into this bar with a stage. It primarily does live music. And uh, they just blew me away. Uh, and as soon as I met Paige, she was wearing a Don't Have a Cowman Bart Simpson sweater from the 90s. And I was like, we're going to be friends. I tell <laughs> them. Band blows me away. The CD doesn't leave my van CD player for the rest of the tour. And so in 2018, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, like I met this rad band. I wonder if they'd want to do some dates. So kind of emailing. Yeah. Paige was like, well, you know, the band isn't really doing a lot of touring like everyone else in the band kind of has lives. But I have this solo thing maybe. And like listened to it and it was like, wow, incredible songwriter. Like cool. feel so lucky I, I met this person and, and kind of got on, 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 you know, near the ground floor. So the original plan was to just do a couple dates on the West Coast because I still do pretty good there and can kind of afford to have another artist and we'll both, yeah. you know, make enough to kind of get home and put a hot dog in our face once in a while. A veggie one, of course. Of course, yeah. And she ends up getting on the fest in Gainesville, Florida. So we're like, well, okay, well, I guess might as well like tour with me to there. So we did the South together and it was rough. Like some of the shows were good. Some of the shows weren't very good. <laughs> and we were pretty much flat broke by the time we got to Gainesville. And at that point, it was like, well, I'm, I guess I'm going north anyways. You might as well keep coming with me. So <laughs> we ended up booking the east coast of the States. She came to Canada for the first time and did the, cool. uh, the Quebec and Ontario places I play, Midwest. And we dropped her off in Dayton. It was about two months. And this is someone, I mean, we had met once. We didn't really know each other. And now you're like, hey, we're spending two months together. <laughs> Hope you like listening to Democracy Now! every day. So, <laughs> But she, she was amazing. Like, she was so patient with all my weird quirks and everything. Cool. And uh, my partner, Katie, was also on that tour. So we were kind of the, the three amigos on that one. And we just had a blast together. And and there were, there were low points, like there always is. But yeah. 
you know, we always kind of somehow laughed through it. And well, you're and used got, to that by now too. You you've been through it all, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we kind of swore we'll we'll do another tour together at some point. And it, this came up this Western thing. We're like, well, I don't really have anyone who who wants to do it. You know, Paige, you're first in line. And uh, she was really keen. So we started in Winnipeg at Blue Note Park. And then uh, we got this this rad place in Gilbert Plains. Okay. Uh, my good friend Kayla Lukey is living there and knows the person who runs the bowling alley. Oh, wow. And I'm also a, a pretty good bowler. My high score ever was 191. Well, you have a bowling theme. Your first uh, solo record, The Dude Abides, is I very do. bowling. Uh, I mean, I know it's Lebowski theme too, but th- there's the bowling uh, motif to it, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm still pretty good bowl. I, I haven't bowled. I haven't broken 150 in a while, so maybe, maybe <laughs> this will be the time. And then from there, we hit Regina, uh, Saskadelphia, Edmonton, Canmore. We have this Red House show. Cool. Lethbridge at the Owl, which is always a great stop. Uh, Calgary, we're at a place called the Palomino. And then all the way, giant drive to Oliver, BC. There's a, another um, a fire hall brewery, it's called. Whoa. I think it also used to be a fire hall. So I, I swear this isn't a theme in my life or this show. This is just the two places that came up. And then uh, Kelowna, Prince George, um, which is way up north, but has never let me down. And it ends in Vancouver. And then Paige has to get back to do a festival. And I continue on okay. uh, down the West Coast, all the way to Fast, back up. And I'll be home late November. Kind of my usual loop of North America. It's usually a three oil change trip. <laughs> it's actually impressive how you remembered all the dates in order. With I mean, like you don't have a piece of paper here, as far as I can tell, that you're reading off, and it's just like you got them all. I, I guess you have to be like that after after doing this for so long, right? Just remembering sort of where to next and where to next and where to next. Yeah, I have once on tour, I started driving to the wrong city. Ah. It's only happened once, which is shocking in the 20 years that I've, I've been doing this. Yeah, it's pretty lucky. But when you book yourself, like every day I wake up and I look at the dates, even if I'm at work, I'm still like very quickly like, hey, is there anything I got to answer? Is there any fires I really got to put out? Yeah. You kind of live, eat, sleep booking when you're an independent artist. And I know if Tim Holhouse was here, he'd have his hand up or any other artist that's been doing it long enough. Like you were, that is the game. If you don't like booking, you were in the wrong department. Or, you know, if you if you don't like showing up and no one's there and you've got to play and, and be stoked anyways, like yeah. there's still more than half the gigs I do are exposure gigs. I know they always say you can die from exposure. Um, I guess I just have a thick skin. But that's interesting to note that even now, after all this touring you've done and all, all this experience, that you still have those. I think people, I think a lot of people maybe nowadays, I, I, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I get the impression that a lot of a lot of bands, a lot of artists have this idea that they can become huge on the internet and they don't have to put in that kind of work and that kind of uh, like the, 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 that kind of heavy duty DIY stuff that you've you've been doing your whole life right and uh, it's so it's interesting to see that, that that kind of stuff still comes up for you because it is part of it right i mean playing a show to five people and that's kind of the gig right and then the next show could be packed exactly and you you kind of like when it's good it's good when it's bad it's bad and you yeah. just learn to live with that and uh there there was a band called the johnsons from edmonton and i think they they might i might not get a verbatim but they kind of coined the the worst day on tour is still better than the best day at work. Right. Like you're, yeah, you're still, on tour, no, right? no matter how bad it is, like I'm still hanging out in a cool city. You know, like I, I'm sure like really bad things happen on tour, right? Like your van gets broken into and then like, yeah, God, you get jumped. Like that stuff does happen. I'm not trying to, to, to say that's, it doesn't get real bad. 
at the same time, like you just, it puts perspective on life of where, you know, I could be doing anything and right now I'm doing this and I'm stoked on it. And it's still like the greatest thing I've ever done. It's still such an experience to drive somewhere, grab, you know, grab your guitar, play some songs and people after like, that was great. Like I've always thought music brings us together. Yeah. And I, I feel my life has kind of proved that. Totally. I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. show at the, at the blue note um is that with the band or just you the plan is to do it with the band being new people uh we kind of build it if if they're just not feeling it and yeah. i'm honest with the practice today i think we're going to be just fine but i didn't want to put all that pressure on them because summertime is tough everyone's schedules all over the place people got holidays people got things to do i'm constantly like working crazy sound gigs all over the yeah. place that pop out of nowhere. I, I randomly see you working sound at, at, at random things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to put the pressure that like you got to do this. So I'm totally ready to do it as solo, but the plan is to do it with the new lineup. Cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, no pressure on anyone, but if we can, I think it'd be rad. Awesome. And then if people want to, I mean, I know you listed like 25 tour dates, but what's the best way to sort of find out? Uh, is there somewhere online people can go to find out where your shows are and more importantly, to listen to and or buy your music? 
Yeah, um, gregregus.com is a great place to hear the music and see the tour dates. Uh, Bandcamp, if you Google me uh, and Bandcamp, you will find my Bandcamp. That's probably the easiest place to buy the music. And uh, and then at shows, yeah. shows is always the like, man, if you could buy a, a record from me at a show or a CD or any of that, T-shirts uh, for this tour and the last one I just did. I printed a bunch of used t-shirts okay and this is kind of a polarizing subject because some people are just like i don't want to wear you shit and like hey that's cool i get it uh i wash it and um so i think it's as sanitized as can be but but you're not down with it that's fine but if you are it's a great way to like you know these these shirts were probably going to get thrown out anyways right. and we kind of repurposed them as opposed to kind of making yet even more t-shirts so these are and, your uh, old shirts it. with with new uh printing on them uh no i i go to like uh, a salvation oh, army okay, or goodwill cool. or, or valley village if i gotta and just grab blank shirts nice. and just print on those and uh i i at one point i was really into the, like the i'm not doing sweatshop shirts anymore i am and they had american apparel going and then it turned out oh that was kind of still just sweatshop <laughs> And so I found this place in Montreal through specialty or printed shirts as they're now called. And they, uh, they, they were amazing. It was like this organic cotton, like the most comfiest shirt you could ever be. It was just like flowing on your body as you put this thing on with printing $35 each. I sold it for 40 and I made $5 a shirt. I was investing like over two grand. Yeah. And my take on it was like minus $80. Cause I gave away a couple, like it was, yeah. it's just at a level I'm not at. I can't really sell shirts for 40 bucks. Everyone was cool of like, I did the spiel of like, look, this is like a union shop. Everyone's paid very well benefits, organic cotton. It's the best shirt in the world, but I just can't afford to do it like that. And I was like this close to just giving up on t-shirts. And then I ended up figuring, finding someone who will print on you shirts. Cool. So those are going to be available on the tour at, and at Blue Note Park and everything too, and awesome, yeah. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. Come to it. 